Hi, my name is Anita Foster. I'm the Library Media Specialist at Autry Middle School in Kennesaw, Georgia. Hi, I'm Ingrid Hansen. I'm the Library Media Specialist at Lindley Sixth Grade Academy in Mapleton, Georgia. Hey everyone, I'm Lori Quintana and I'm the Library Media Specialist at Griffin Middle School in Smyrna, Georgia. Welcome to Everdue, Conversations from the Library. guys welcome to another episode of overdue conversations in the library so we're doing things a little different today we're going to give you just a little hey here's what's happening in our spaces and then we're going to move on to our topic which we're very excited about and it's elevator speeches and we're going to talk about why you need to have an elevator speech and how you can write your elevator speech because they are very important and I know most buildings don't have an elevator but that's not the elevator we're talking about so um (laughs) So, uh, Ingrid, you just shared with us something that is phenomenal no, that is happening yay. in your space. I'm so, so excited. Oh, my gosh. Tell us. Okay. Yay. So, um, just so everyone knows, I'm at a one grade level school, and it's a small school. I only have 631 students. And um, as a result, my circulation numbers are going to be off what most of you are used to. But Um, I just wanted to say that I was so excited that I ran our CERC numbers at four o'clock today before I left the building. And um, just because I was curious, we'd had a lot of volume and traffic in the media center this month, and we will have circulated over 2,336 books this month. And I backed out equipment, teacher checkouts, like that is just the raw student book checkouts that we had up until today. So I'm just okay, so but excited. to get a full to get a full picture of this. How many checkouts were there last year in January for the whole month? <laughs> so in 2017 there were 326 books checked out to the end of January and I cut myself off 2 days early. Um, and then in 2018 they checked out 60 and in 2018 they checked out 88. So it's a definite difference. And honestly, with the two classes I have coming in the rest of the week, I think we're going to break 2,500 book checkouts. Oh, easy, easy. And your goal for the month was what? 1,800. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You blew that one out of the water. Yeah, I think I need a new goal. So I'm very excited. I'm so, just so proud of my little babies. I just want to hug and kiss them all. I'm so excited. Yeah, I need to run my stats. I haven't, I am one that says run your stats, run your stats. But I have not been able to run my stats because I've not been able to sit down long enough to run my stats for the last couple of months. <laughs> so right. The downside wanna, to being busy and effective. I want to do one from the beginning of the school year to December to get my Ooh, that's a good my idea. Um, fall semester's stats for the whole semester. Yeah, that's a great and do idea. A thing to go, since I have missed so many months, I figured that would be a good one to do. Yeah, I like so. that. All right, Lori, what's going on over at Griffin? Lori. Uh oh. Lori. Are you there? We may have lost her. Um, she was in the middle of driving. So um So Nina, I know tell that, us what you what's going on at Autry. Well, at Autry, what I have been doing is I have had a lot of lessons on how to infer. Oh, that's um, so that's so important and it's just something they don't get. Oh, I love that you're doing that. Our kids don't know how to do that. No. And so what happened was I had seventh graders. Um, I had ELA seventh grade in uh, last week or maybe it was the week before. And I did lessons on primary and secondary sources for their ELA classes. Oh, and I nice. had added in a portion at the end on um, inferring facts and opinion. So oh, I like we, that. We talked about what are facts? What are, um, what is it to infer and you're inferring is your opinion. So, um, they said, yeah, we don't, we don't want that in this lesson. And I said, okay, that's fine. Primary and secondary sources is probably going to take it the whole period anyway. And for primary and secondary sources, I do it through the nine 11 events. And I talked to them about my experience. I was teaching kindergarten in Florida at the time and it was, 30 minutes down the road from where the president was speaking. Oh my gosh. So are reading to, to kids and 
our whole county went on lockdown because the president was going to be driving through the district. Wow. And I have goosebumps. So our That's whole, terrifying. Our whole district went on lockdown. And so I told them about my experiences <laughs> on that day. But, um, yeah, I went to collaborate with social studies teachers, and they said uh, they were working on their DVQs. Don't ask me what DVQs stand for because I have no idea. But it's a writing thing that they <laughs> it have is. to do. And so they, um, they said, hey, we're, um, our kids don't know how to infer. And I said, well, you know what? I had this 10-minute mini lesson that was going to go to the, the end of another lesson I did for language arts, and they told me not to do it. How about if I take that and I build it up around your DBQ? And they said, that would be phenomenal. So for the last several days, I've been teaching students how to infer, seventh graders, how to infer. That's amazing because it's such a, it's such an important skill and they really don't understand. And in today's climate, there's so much speculation about what the media is giving us. And is it factual? Is it real? Is it fake? There's just all of this political stuff wrapped around it. And it can get really confusing for an adult, let alone a seventh grader. I mean, that's great. I said, this is something that you're going to be able to do when not just for social studies, but for science, for language arts. I said, as an adult, oh, for sure. you're reading a report or you're reading, uh, your boss gives you a report to read, you're going to be able to use inferring. If you're reading a book just for fun, I infer all the time yep. when I'm reading a book. So this is something that you need to learn that you're going to use your entire life. I promise you. Oh, yeah. So, I love that. Yeah, that was really good. All right. Did Lori come back? Oh, Lori. I really loser. want Lori. All right, so we're going to go on ahead and hope that Lori pops back in um, because I know she has a lot to say about this topic that we're talking about today. But we are going to be talking about elevator speeches. And what is an elevator speech? Most of us know what what an elevator speech is. But a, a lot of times, I know my principal does this. He'll bring people through my space. And go, here you go. Tell them whatever you want to tell them. About exactly. For sure. And I had it happen. I've, ha- I've had it happen a lot this year. But um, we have a lot of KSU um, um, ELA um, student teachers. Um, he brought them in. And he was like, could you give them the history of the space? So I knew with that elevator speech, it was going to be a little bit longer. Because he wanted me to tell them about the changes that we've made in the space over the 10 years that I've been there. Not just conceptually and in moving towards the learning common model, but also the physical space. He wanted me to tell them about the cage that we had up around the circulation desk. He wanted me to tell them about the old bookshelves that had magazines to the 1980s. He wanted me to tell them about the sofa that was sitting in the dark corner that I refused to sit on until it was professionally clean. (laughs) But you know what? I want to jump in just briefly, Anita, to say that um, that's really an important piece because I think most principals, when they bring people in and have you do an elevator speech, they're also going to guide you a little bit. They're, you know, they're going to say, well, you know, tell us about X, Y, and Z. And And you have to have different elevator speeches prepared in your brain and have one to call upon. It doesn't have to be memorized, but you need to have something that says, okay, these are the four or five points I'm going to hit when I'm given the opportunity to speak based upon what my principal or my admin is requesting of me. Correct. Again, he had some administrators from the district come through the day I was setting up for our craft fair in December. And a lot of times with the people from the district he has to prepare them for the greatness of Anita <laughs> because he will tell, he will tell them, he'll say, uh, just to let you know, um, she has won uh, library media specialist of the year for Cobb County. She has won the um, exceptional library media program for the state of Georgia. She, and he'll list all my accolades and I, I'll tell him, look, dude, you don't have to do that. I don't need you to brag on me. And he's like, no, they need to know that when you talk, you know what you're talking about. I completely agree with that. And I think that on one hand, of course, he's bragging about you and all of your achievements. But at the other hand, it also is lending such a level of credibility to what you have to say and what you are sharing with them and how your, your space, your learning commons has gotten to where it's at now. And that's valuable. 
it's valuable so, that people are aware that you don't just, you know, make these decisions and do stuff that you have been acknowledged as a leader within your field. I think that's important. I, I totally agree with him. So the thing is, you've got to know who your target audience is. Oh who my are gosh, talking so important. To? Yeah. Are you, look at those name badges that's walking through. Are they a principal? Are they uh, area assistant superintendent? Because right. Anita has often opened her mouth and said something. And she didn't look at that name tag and didn't know who I was talking to until after I said it. So you want to make sure, you know, well, I meant, honestly, I had somebody when I, my first year at Autry came in and um, I, I needed the cage removed. I wanted the cage removed and people had said, no, this is load bearing. You can't remove it. Well, one day I didn't know the man who was walking through, but I just knew he worked for, for the county in the construction department. And I said, can you tell me, is this load bearing? And he he hopped up on my counter and looked up in the ceiling. And he went, nope, not at all. And I went, huh, I wonder why they said they won't remove it. And he went, who said that? And oh. I said, I don't know. It was the person that came out and, and checked on it for us. And he went, I'm the supervisor. I'll find out who said it. And yes, when do you want it removed? <laughs> wow. All right. But so, kind of some, weak, I just want to pause and it works. say, how amazing is it that the supervisor hopped up on your desk and was like, yeah, let me take a look. Like, I love how involved as a county everybody oh, is yes. from beginning to end. And that at no one point. One team, one goal. Exactly. At no point is someone like, well, that's not my job. You know, I don't do that. I, I just love that so much about our county and the way that um, our leaders have, have positioned everything. It's just amazing. Yeah. Can y'all hear and me it, yet? Hi. Oh, yay, yay, you're back. back. We missed you. I do not know what happened, but we started the car and all of a sudden I could hear you guys talking the entire time, but I could not, you guys couldn't hear me. So I don't we know. Could, yay. So we had to so, stop and um, I had to reset my phone and everything and join you back in. So here I am. <laughs> yay. I'm glad you're back. Tell us. So we just started talking about elevator speeches, but I don't want to miss your cool. Right. Tell us about Griffin at your school. Do you want to do it now or do you want to do it at the end of the podcast? I can do it whenever you want. <laughs> well, I don't well, know. What's when... the last thing I want to hear about it about now. I had to turn my phone off to come back on. So we had just talked about knowing your audience when you talk to them, uh, when your administrator brings somebody in or when somebody comes into your space, you got to know who you're talking to before you um, start talking, because you may be talking to them about the wrong thing. True. So if you know ahead of time who is visiting your space, that's a great thing because you know where to, what to focus your um, your speech on, I guess, or what you really want to talk about in your space and share in your space because everybody um, has a different reason for being there, right? And so um, exactly. Did you, did you did you mention that Ingrid and I both had district admin and principals touring in our buildings yesterday? No, we have not mentioned that yet. Okay. okay. So, so so now would be a good time if you want to talk about that. <laughs> so now we can do that, Lori. Yes. I'm still waiting to hear about Griffin, but I can wait. I'm a patient person. Oh, yeah, you we'll, want me to we'll talk just about do it at the end first. Okay, I have a lot of crazy well, things going on in the live right now. I mean, like I'm just um I'm on super mode right now. Uh, a lot of it has to do with me getting prepared to do the learning commons certification and so I'm trying to get all my spaces ready for that. Woohoo. Um, That's so exciting. And, uh, yeah, so, um, but at the same time, I'm really, um, focused. Uh, I like to keep the kids, uh, engaged in reading. Let's, let's like my first heart in lot in the library. So I'm, I'm right always there with looking you. Yep. for ways to like get them reading. And so role of reading, I know I've been told a million times, you've got that one covered, Lori. <laughs> right. It's time to just spread um, out a bit. Yeah. Uh, but I also wanted to prepare for this tour that uh, happened in our building yesterday. So I've got a lot of different things going on. One is um, one reading promotion is pop open more books tw in 2020. And I know that the popcorn thing has been done a million times and stuff, but I've never done it. And I just love all the cute little things that come with it. Plus I love popcorn. I go to the movies just to eat popcorn. So um, plus I brought in my, my home theater popcorn maker a couple of years ago and made popcorn for the kids for a different reading promotion, not popcorn, pop open, whatever. Um, but it was something different. Uh, and I was like, it's just been sitting there. And I said, what am I going to do with that? So there's that reading promotion going on. They get a game card every time they read a book and their game card gets stamped and then they get a ticket for free popcorn on Friday afternoons. And I think in our district, I'm not allowed to sell popcorn because it's considered a food and not a snack. 
Um, plus I have to, I can only serve it in the afternoon after lunch is over. So it doesn't compete with the lunch. <gasps> See, now that's interesting because I serve popcorn all day, every day. Every time a student comes in with a reading reflection form on my current promotion, they get to choose a brand new book to take home and keep to build their personal library. And then they get a bag of popcorn. So I start that when I get there at, when my doors open at eight fifteen. my popcorn is made and bagged. Now, wow. see, now that's very, very interesting then, but I don't want to, I'm not calling anything out because like, I don't want anything to happen to your program. Me anyway, either. So, so we'll gonna, just move on. We're just going to move on. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, and then if they fill up their entire game card, I'm doing a drawing for uh, movie theater uh, gift cards. And the reason for that is because there's about 12 books. Um, they're middle school and YA books that are made to movie this year. And yes. so I'm going to give the kids an opportunity to have, be able to go and see those movies. And I'm hoping with at least one, I will get to go with them. I might take like a do a little group field trip like I've done before and go to the movies after school on like a Friday evening sometime with a group of kids. The one and only Ivan is the one I'm looking forward to, but that I one know, does not yeah. come out until August. And so it would be next school year. And I probably will not be doing this reading promotion then, although I've done a lot of decorating for it. So it will be up for a while. Um, another thing I'm doing is um, it's new and my library science kids actually helped me create this and invent it and named it and everything. And it's called snap that word. I'm all about kids learning about new book, uh, building their vocabulary banks. And I'm a word lover myself, and so I'm trying to, I always try to incorporate ways when they're reading that they can build that vocabulary. So that's what Snap That Word is all about. And so we put up a cell phone for students and a cell phone for teachers. And so when teachers are reading, if they come across a word they don't know, they're supposed to put it in a Snap bubble and then go, and then go um, attach it to the student's cell phone like they got a Snap from a teacher. And then they're supposed to respond. It, it's kind of like who gets their first kind of thing. So... The first student to respond and post the definition on the teacher's cell phone, um, they get a prize. And so it's supposed to be just like snaps going back and forth with vocabulary and stuff. And so we got started today. We have a couple of them up there already. And um, I'll take some pictures and post them on Twitter um, in the next day or so once it, you know, is in full swing and stuff. Uh, another thing I just started, and it's kind of cool because, um, you know, uh, new kid just won the uh, Newbery Medal. And yes, then, it did. And then Jason Reynolds with his graphic novel winning the Caldecott. Anyway, um, graphic novel for the first time has won medals. And so that it's all about, you know, pushing that graphic novels are real books. But I actually started a graphic novel contest before this was even announced yesterday. And so now I've got it running in correlation with that. Um, and I have these really cool booklets that have the frames for the graphic novels already in them. And so students can sign up to create a graphic novel. And then I have a teacher panel that's going to judge it with the criteria and everything. And I think I'm going to go big with this one. Um, it, um, I'm going to, the winner will be able to choose their own graphic novel set or series. Um, not the Naruto, the entire series, because I don't know if I can afford that. Right? <laughs> right. But we'll get around there somewhere. Or My Hero Academia. Yeah, yes. that's another one. Yes. And so, and then another thing um, is um, I'm doing the uh, the media literacy. Oh, Lori, you're breaking up again. Oh, there she is. Wall up with that. And then uh, it's an interactive wall for like media literacy, and information literacy. And I'm posting four articles a week up there and students can pick an article to read and then they have to write an actual um, editorial like they were submitting an editorial to a newspaper. And then they'll record it in Flipgrid and I'm going to share that in our weekly newsletters and stuff. And then um, come May. Um, I'm going to have another teacher panel kind of review them and everything. And then that student will win a Chromebook. Um, and so that's another thing I'm doing. And then lastly, you know, Discovery Education, they have a lot of virtual field trips, but I've never really taken advantage of it. I keep getting the emails and the notifications. So I'm going to start doing that in the library. And the first one is this Thursday, Huddle for 100. And um, we're going to do some fun activities. It actually comes with the teacher resources and everything. So that's very helpful. Uh, but kids can sign up to do the virtual field trip and they'll be in the library for a couple of hours on Thursday. And so I'm going to start doing that. Oh, cool. I'm going to try to do one a month. Um, 
But yeah, you know, so I'm just like, I'm using all my spaces is what I'm trying to do here. And um, that will be using my new interactive flat panel in the teen reading room. Um, but yeah, so lots and lots of things going on. I, I finally posted what I've read recently and what I'm reading now and try, trying to do a little daily trivia with that too to get kids to have more discussions about books with me in the library too. Yay, that sounds amazing. But that's that. That's, my, that's, that's, that's Griffin. That's Griffin's library. Um, I want you to know during the tour yesterday um, that we both experienced Griffin. So just a little bit of background, um, district uh, admin and principals within the same um, zone, right? Um, they went to each other's buildings and did tours together. And so Ingrid's principal was at my school and vice versa. So that was pretty neat. Uh, and so, Ingrid, you talk first about your. I did, yeah. You um, first, well, honestly, so we're talking about elevator speeches and people who come into our our areas, and we're put on stage for just a minute or two to tell them yes. about our space and what we do and and how we are helping our students and our teachers. Yes. So um, I was actually teaching all day. So they came in during class change. So it was a little disjointed because my kids were coming in. They're like, hey, Miss Hanson, hi, Miss Hanson, and running up and hugging me. And Miss Tribune, who is my media para, God bless her, was like, okay, here we go. Everybody's moving to the tables. Leave Miss Hanson alone. Stop hugging her. So, <laughs> so it was a little a disjointed. But essentially, I, Dr. McGee had asked me to tell them a little bit about the space and some of the changes, which I did. And then um, she jumped in and she's like, tell them about your circulation. I'm like, okay. So we talked a little bit about that. And she had started by introducing me as the new library media specialist this year and that um, I had tripled our circulation and that she was very pleased. So she, she swung back to that and we talked a bit about the circulation and then she asked me to talk about the reading promotions and we talked a bit about the reading promotions and then I talked a bit about the county um, coming in and wanting to look at the impact that library media centers or learning commons have on student achievement. So we were talked a bit about the data piece um, and that was about it. They were just very gracious and kind and thanked me and asked some questions and then they were on their way. Awesome. That does sound good. So, so just going back to a couple of podcasts before where we talked about where most students never talk to their school librarian. <laughs> I just think it's great that they were all hugging you and everything. I mean, I, I mean that that that's that's good. That's that sets you know a, the tone for um, how welcoming your library is. And um, to me, it sounds Ingrid like you've really created. Um, yeah. You've you've made it alive again, honestly, between the circulations and then the responses, oh, how thank kids you. respond to you and everything. And well, stuff. thank so, you. Congratulations! Thank you. I think that's awesome, and and um, I think it it speaks high volumes for how dedicated we are in our jobs every day for um, what we do for our students, and I, and that right there is part well, of what you just said in. And to me, without even saying a are. word, you showed them how value how valuable you yes. are in the, in the school for these kids, and how approachable you are. Well, so thank you. These students are going to come to you if they have a problem, but you're creating an atmosphere where these these students who they've not felt welcome before uh, in this space are now feeling welcome. Well, thank you. And I certainly hope they do. They're enjoying their... You're breaking up a little. Yeah, Lori, we so, missed you. Uh, I have to say... Um, yes. Uh, yes, I now just, we can. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, so, sorry for our audience. I'm trying to do this on the way home, and I have a very long commute, and we wanted to be able to get the podcast in tonight. So, um, my, my tour was a little bit awkward, I'm going to just say. <laughs> So, um, you know, I was super excited about it um, and, you know, anticipating and everything. My principal had come to me the Friday before and reminded me that they were going to be here on Monday. And so I was very excited and stuff. And so, if you know, I'm sure our audience doesn't know who Mr. Ragsdale is. He's our superintendent. Um, but if, 
if you did know him, you would know that he is very, um, well, he, he, a lot of jokes are made in the district about how buff he is. <laughs> and so I was joking, thinking, oh, I'm going to go to the costume store and I'm going to go get some um, buff arms and just kind of wear a costume with buff arms and stuff in case he showed up. I was super excited because it was like running right. through the mill that he would be at our school. And I wanted to meet him. It's the area so, assistant um, superintendents that come. But yes yes our area superintendent okay so um it's okay did you get the big arms join us um so we'll say i did not (laughs) um because there was never a confirmation i kept trying to confirm it all weekend all you would really have to do uh, is just tighten your sleeves somehow like put a rubber band around them and just have tight sleeves yeah puff them up So he wears these polo shirts for our audience. And so a lot of people, they joke with him about his polo shirts and his big buff arms, but, um, which is very cool anyway. Um, but yes, we had our area assistant superintendents there, Mr. Frazier and, uh, Dr. Kular, which I absolutely love her. Um, I've seen her speak a couple of times. So, um, I was in my makerspace and came walking out when they were coming down the hallway and I fangirled a little bit, and I was a little bit hyper, and I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy to see you again. And I went up and shook her hand and, you know, whatever. And, of course, she's looking at me like, who are you? <laughs> so it's okay. Um, but she was very friendly. But anyway, so I got my little fangirl thing out, and then I was just hyper for the rest of the tour and everything. I was so excited to be able to show them what's happening in the library. And Oh, honey, we lost you. Lori, we're losing you. And she's gone. She's gone. Man. And I want to hear what happened. She'll come back. um, They came through our school back in the fall. And, yeah, we, uh, they had the, the principals from other schools come to visit. And, of course, Mr. Crawford brought them in. And, and they got to see our space. And he asked me to talk about the transitions that we've made in our learning commons and, and things like that. So that's cool. Um, so Ingrid, let's talk about what it takes to build an elevator speech and create an elevator speech. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a, because it's hard, you know what I mean? When you're thinking, what am I going to say? It's hard to, to land on where to start. And I think that, um, we had talked about this a little bit earlier about having to define your audience. So, when I have my principal or my admin will come through and they're doing parent tours, a lot of what I'm speaking to is more um, reading related and student driven in regards to what's happening to my space that's going to directly affect their children and Correct. how we're supporting reading, not only in the space, but throughout the school and how these programs are designed to do that. And I'm not saying that that information isn't important, but it's different when you have shareholders come through that aren't necessarily parents. Correct. Uh, one of the things that I want to warn about is um, don't like we have our own jargon. We know what we want to say. And sometimes we get lost in the language. That's a great point. Nobody cares about understand circulation numbers. Exactly. But librarians. If I tell somebody that's walking in off the street that my circulation is up, they're not going to have any clue what I'm talking about. But if I tell them the number of books that have been checked out is up, that's when they're going to understand it. Absolutely. So make sure that you're speaking in a language that they can understand and not speaking over their heads and saying, you know, our, our talk. So. Oh, definitely. And I think, too, that um, when you are talking, it's important to remember that you're talking to people, whether it's parents or people who are in from the county or other administration, but ultimately they're trying to gain knowledge about what's happening in your space. And it's really helpful if you keep in the back of your mind the top four or five things that you're doing currently that are impacting student achievement, whether it's direct data or whether it's the number of books that are being checked out, but how we are positively moving forward and helping our administration and our school achieve the goals that they've set out. Correct. What are we doing to help our students in school achieve the goals? I love that because that's what we do. We support them. Exactly. And I think a lot of times 
when these people are brought into our spaces, I think part of the reason that they're brought in is to showcase the fact that we are no longer, you know, that quiet space, wearing a bunge, the tight bun librarian, shushing people and, and having a non-functional space, you know, that this is very student driven and it's very children focused or child focused. And I think that that's part of the reason that they're there, that, you know, our admin is trying to highlight that this is an impactful and an empowering space for our students. Right. Um, another thing that we need to think about is that, yes, we want to keep it professional, but it's okay to show that you are enthusiastic and passionate about your program. So let them see that passion come out in you um, when you're talking to them. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think that, um, and y'all made me feel better about my kids running up and hugging me because honestly, I was like, oh, y'all, you're supposed to come in quiet and go sit down. <laughs> Um, and they didn't want to, but you know, I think that you and Laurie are right that on some level, part of the beautiful thing about our spaces is the culture that we create that lives there. And, and that's important to be able to showcase and to allow people to see it. So yeah, if we're super excited and we're bubbly and we're chatting a mile a minute and kids are hugging us and checking out books, I mean, that's part of the beauty of what we do. Correct. And yeah, because I warn people pretty quickly um, when they're in my space that they don't observe it already, that this is not your typical library that we grew up with, that it does get loud in there at times. And it does, the students are very active and and involved. So, you know, that's such a great point. And honestly, that isn't something that I say, but I think it's going to be something I add because you're right. And it, it probably is shocking. You know, if you're coming into the school library and you're expecting it, you know, to be quiet and dark and, and all of a sudden you walk into the space that's just bustling with activity and students and things happening. I bet you that is a little shocking. I mean, that's a great point. Now, um, there has been times that I've given an elevator speech and I've kind of come across a little strong, uh, just being honest, (laughs) just being honest. But I remember going up to a certain board member and he had just said, if you ever need anything, well, I'm see. here for you. Come and tell me. <laughs> and I went. I took him at his word. And I went as you, As we would I expect said, nothing else, Anita. That's awesome. I, I introduced myself and I said, I appreciate you telling us we could come up to you. So I'm coming up to you. We need full-time parapros. So I did it in a conversational way and not in a confrontational way. But I was very explanatory as to what I do and how much more I could do if we had full-time parapros. I think I love that. And I think that I, I think that it's an important message. And I think that's the perfect location to do it. Look at what's happening around me. Look, look at the space. Look at what is currently going on and look at how much more we could do oh, with honey, proper support. Oh, it was not in my space. Nope. <laughs> I'm just going to go in and put that out there. I was not there. He has been to my space multiple times and I've told him this over and over. But it was not in my space <laughs> at the time. It was in the, the North Cobb Theater. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I wish I could have been there to just listen quietly. <laughs> oh, and I pointed, I pointed Mr. Crawford out to him and I said, Mr. Crawford, there you agree with me on everything that I've said. So if you want to talk to him, well, before I could walk all the way to the back of the theater to Mr. Crawford, because he was at the front of the theater, before I could walk all the way to the back of it, um, this board member walked all the way around the outside hallway and was coming into the back door and was already having a conversation about it with Mr. Crawford before I could walk up the aisle because I was stopped a couple of See, times. See, that's fabulous. That's fabulous, though. Look at that. I love that he was paying attention and engaged and wanted, and went in search of Crawford all by himself. That's amazing. Yes. I love that. So I think I'm back, um, you guys. Hi. Yay. <laughs> we missed back. you. <laughs> I was like, so, I wonder if they're still. Well, to catch you up, we were talking about the idea of having um, different bullet points that you want to keep in the back of your mind and that our elevator speeches change based upon who is in the space, um, that we don't have one elevator speech for every group of people that come through. But to have your most important things always on your mind, because you never 
you never know never opportunity is going to arise and somebody's going to walk through the door that's going to listen to you and support you and your program and um and maybe have buckets of money. I have not met that person yet. <laughs> but, but you know what? You, have buckets of money <laughs> to give to you. you never know. And and not only that, but especially on parent tours, I love that that just being able to come out and talk to them about what happens in that space could change that one parent's mind about where they're sending their kid. And I oh, love absolutely. that we have that opportunity and that chance to positively impact um, our communities and our families and to show them all of the really wonderful, amazing things that happen in our spaces. And yes, I love the parent tours. Absolutely. Um, Dr. Hill is fabulous. My principal, Dr. Hill, um, she's fabulous when she brings our parents through. Um, She allows me just kind of take over and give them the tour of the library and talk about all the things happening in the space and stuff. But I was really encouraged the other day because once the tour finished, I went back in and got back in with my students um, doing my teaching and stuff. And um, she walked by my windows in the computer lab and she looked at me and she smiled and she put, you know, she did kind of like a thumbs up and thumbs up back to her. And so, you know, that was really great. great. That, That is that's like telling me, okay, yes, I'm, I'm, I reached our parents. Parent, I mean, obviously they told her something positive about the library. So you're right, Ingrid, um, our parents seeing and hearing about all the things we do in there is, is very important because they're going to want that for their kids. Right. Know? Exactly. And do you know one of my favorite elevator speeches though, that I give is when our rising sixth graders come through as fifth graders. And I realize it's really not an elevator speech, but I only have them for a couple of minutes. Yep. But I'm able to hold their attention for those couple of minutes as the groups trickle through. And I tell them a little bit about what they are, what they can expect when they get to sixth grade. And I mean, it's incredible because that's just one of my favorite ones. And it's such a great opportunity to introduce yourself to these small kids and be like, you know what? this is a great place. This is going to be a wonderful place. You're going to want to be here and it's a safe place and it'll be a good place for you to go. Even when you're scared and nervous, you can always come here. I just love that chance to just take that couple of minutes and just be like, look, we are so excited you're here and I can't wait to see you next year. It's just, I just love that we get immediately to do that. What's more amazing than that is when you do come back next year and they remember I know, you right? and then oh. they run up to you and ask you if you remember that. Yes, little babies, <laughs> man. They're like, yes, that, that's what it's all about. I want them to know when they come, when they start school at um, their first year in middle school, exactly where the library is, exactly what we have in the library, um, what we do, what they can do in the library and stuff. Like, it's so important to me that those new students coming in uh, have that connection already not only with the library but with me as well and so when that happens I am so excited about that and it just it just sets the tone it really um, does for them for the rest of the school year too I actually so um but Ingrid has to start over every year because her babies leave her I do but that's cool because you have a whole new batch I do and you don't get the eighth grade burnout like the rest of us do in January where we're ready for those eighth graders to just move on over to the high school yes and I, I will be sad to see them go and not be able to see them in seventh grade. That's going to make me sad. But am I the only one that feels that, though? That by oh, the no. Time eighth grade comes along. And I'm like, yeah, listen, January. y'all are like, ready bye-bye. to go. It's been so good to see you come back and visit me and hug me. It is time. Yeah. And if I'm being honest, there's a few seventh graders that I'd love to have them go. <laughs> yeah, that, there's that, some but, truth in that. See, now I love... I love the eighth graders too, because when they, they leave and then they come back oh. and visit. And then that's when I know I made an impact. I know, as well. right? So when that happens, I mean, that makes me cry so hard. I know. We're right next door when to the high school. That. So I will often get high, some of my high schoolers come back over to just to hang out with me in the afternoons or to see me, or if I'm not there or if I'm teaching, I'll find like, sticky notes on my desk from them oh so like one day I was yes. out and my parapro kind of just smiled at me when I came in and I got over to my desk and I had a couple of sticky notes from a couple of my favorite oh, students I love and I was that. like oh. 
I will, yeah. I will say the cool thing about having a husband who teaches at the high school level is that a lot, he would get a, a certain amount of my kids every year. And um, he's so sweet that every time, every new semester, every new crop of kids will be like, okay. So of course now he'll say Lindley, but before he would always be like, all right, so who went to Campbell middle school? <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, I didn't. They'd be like, do you remember your librarian? And they're like, oh my God, Miss Hanson. And I love it because they take pictures with him and they send it over and they'll text through him and tell me a little bit about them. And I get to see him and I'll hug him when I pick up Aaron. So that's also amazing. That is awesome. So all right, cool. So we were talking about some, but I bet it isn't it. I'm sorry, Lori. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, okay. what we, were oh, no we, were, we were just talking about tips that we had for people with elevator speeches. Do you have any tips for people when they're making their elevator speech? Well, so uh, one of the things I've learned about myself in this new year is that I don't specialize in one thing, I, I, but I'm good at many things. But the one thing I've learned about myself is the, my enthusiasm. And so more than, you know, talking about my circulation and about the activities taking place in the library and the impact I'm making, it's the enthusiasm I show for my library and the love for my job that I show for my library. And so I really, and that's what I was going to say earlier today before I got cut off is it was kind of awkward a little bit for me in the sense that I think I was so hyper about them coming through my library and I was taking them to all of the things and stuff. And, um, but, and I, and honestly, they stood there and listened, they listened and, and it was like, and I was waiting for them to have questions and respond and stuff. And, um, and, and so I was just like, so excited and everything. And, uh, I think that they just kind of walked away and I don't know, my AP said in awe, Lori, they were in awe. Aww. <laughs> Aww. And so I'm looking, I'm looking at it that way. And, um, and, but then later on, uh, my principal, um, in fact, she called up to the library and I was in doing or taking care of another class. And um, my para came in in the middle of the class and she said, Lori, I just want to let you know, Dr. Hill called and she said before she left for the day, she wanted to tell you how great you did today. And she said, so I just want to make sure you got that message. But then she came to me today and she actually sat down with me um, in the classroom and uh, and, and said it to me personally and said, you know, you did a great job yesterday. And I, I really think, uh, I really wanted you to know that. And I think you did a great job explaining everything in the library. So, um, and she thanked me and thanked me well, for it. And so I thought that that was great because, uh, enthusiasm speaks volumes, speaks volumes because they need to, you know, I don't know. That's just oh, no, me. I, I feel like they need to feel with me. And the cool thing about it, too, is this is maybe your principal. I don't know. But maybe it was her first time because this is her first year there to as you're explaining things of her hearing this, too. I would agree with that. Well, yes, very much. Yes, I, I agree, too, Ingrid. And so, yes, I think that she got my entire tour as well. <laughs> right. Which is um, great. But uh, and I and I love no, I, I love that she took the time to, to follow back or come back around and to follow up with you and to tell you how she pleased she was with it and how happy she was. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, going forward, I just have to hope and, and believe that I made an impact on our uh, our district assistant superintendents and um and of course the principals at the other buildings too because you know the ultimate goal here is to learn from each other and to um and share things that are going to benefit all of our kids in the district right and so um for those listening in our audience our um our vision is it vision statement is one team one goal student success and so we are all working for the same kids right right? completely Um, Especially if they transfer. I know Anita just got one of my favorites, um, Marco, um, who was at Griffin Middle School, and now he's at Autry Middle School. Love that kid. And so you want them to be able to feel like they're at home no matter where they are. So, yeah, I I got one of her students. So we've tried a couple times, and it hasn't worked, 
to FaceTime with her when he comes in. Oh, but I love at that. least I've taken oh, God, I pictures that. of him and let him text her with my phone. <laughs> I have never got the face uh, time. Yeah, request, every ever. time he's come in, I've tried to FaceTime with you. That is um, it's interesting. I've never received the the notification so, yeah. for that. It, it may be because you're in the school or something. Home. So yeah, so we want to make sure that we're energetic and we show our let our passion um, come through. So uh, anything else that you think that we need to to make sure that they have? Keep it short. Keep it simple. Know your audience. Um, yes. What else have we said? So your strengths in your library. I will throw this out there. Are. I learned that this year, um, this was my little, um, I'll know better for next time. So the first time a parent tour came in, I was like, oh, yay, blah, blah. And I'm talking, I'm talking. And my parent liaison just held her hand up and then turned to the entire group and translated it. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. I should have slowed down and I should have not dumped so much information before I gave her the opportunity to translate. So be more aware than I was my first tour this year that if you um, see your parent liaison or somebody who does translation in your school, that you are more cognizant of that. Correct. That's that's, a great tip. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's a fabulous tip. Yes, absolutely. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Ingrid. And like we said, like we said, your speech is going to change. And and we also said don't use library jargon. I don't know if you heard that or not, Ingrid. I meant Lori. Um, that nobody knows what circulation is but us. But if you tell them number of books che- that this is how many books have been checked out, then they're going to get it. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm kinda- I was kind of bummed afterwards because I, I remember, you know how like after you're super excited about something and then later on you go, oh, I wish I'd have said that. Oh, I wish I'd have, I had that moment. And so I forgot to show them my podcasting studio and then I forgot to show them my statistics and talk about our fabulous circulation. Which are stru- truly <laughs> well, sorry, I wasn't like stellar, but yeah, yeah. you know what? And I did the same thing after they left. I turned to my parent. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't talk about reading off your book finds. I didn't. And she's like, no, you did great. They were so interested there. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, yes. what a shoulda, coulda. But that goes <laughs> back to what you were saying. Have, know, know exactly what you're going to talk about and have that prepared um, ahead of time. So, you so your audience forget. is going to change, um, but a lot of times your bullet points don't. Great so, point. Great so, point. So, so make sure you, you keep your three or four always things that you want to say always in the front of your mind. But don't overwhelm them with too much. Keep it to three or four things and uh, talk to them. One thing, if it's somebody from the county that I always talk to them about, ladies, can you say it in unison? (laughs) Full-time paras. There you go. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I always mention to to them how much more I could do if we had a full-time para. I've had people from the district come through and say, oh, but you already have a full-time para. And I go, no, I don't. Those were cut. It was only elementary that was added back in middle school and high school. So I have to even educate them a little about it. And these are people from the district. So um, they don't know the life that we live and they're only seeing it in that two to three minutes that they're in our space. So we do want to make sure that they get the full story in those two to three minutes, but we also don't want to overwhelm them with too much where um, we're throwing too much at them and just seeing what lands. Agreed. Agreed. Well, you guys, so. I, I think that's awesome. I think that um, we are certainly always interested in hearing what other people do for their elevator speeches and what's happening when people come into your spaces. So if there's something that we forgot or something that you wish we would have added, please let us know. Yeah, you can either leave us a message on um, on Anchor. You do have to have a login for it, but the link is at the top of our Twitter page. Or after this episode is, is uh, aired, which will be this Thursday, it's Tuesday right now, but it's Thursday that's going to be aired. What you can do is um, go in there and do hashtag overdue lib talk um, and say, hey, I just listened to your podcast, but here's something that I do that uh, for my elevator speech and stuff like that. So, I love it. All right, ladies, can I do a it. shameless plug wanna... now? Of course. All right. So um, I'm on Facebook because I'm in that generation that is on Facebook. <laughs> um, right? I Isn't love, that just like, anyway, go ahead. I, I, love I did fake. digital Facebook, footprint. 
and having to talk about Facebook. And my kids are like, you're just old. I'm like, yes, I am old. I admit well, it. Facebook What's your point? to me is my personal. I have That's a interesting. few of my library friends on there, but Facebook are, is my personal. I mean, and it's typically the library friends that I have on there are people that I know in person that I have met. Okay. <laughs> but it's mostly family, college friends, church friends and stuff like that. But I do join groups. And the awesome Wendy Coke, who is self-proclaimed our number one fan, invited me to this group. And it is called Librarians Fashionarians. So if you have not joined this group yet, if you're on Facebook, I highly recommend it. I've been having a lot of fun with it every day for the last week and a half, two weeks. So what it is, is on Saturdays or Sundays. I think she's trying to do it on Sundays, but this week we got them on Saturdays because she was so excited. And it just started last week, okay? Um, they, uh, you were given five book covers and the color schemes of that book as your color palette for your wardrobe of the day. That's amazing. I love that. So, so like um, th- last week she did, I'm, a, I'm scrolling through pictures so I can find it, but last week, and I've read the series, I just can't remember uh, the name of it. Um, it was the Throne of Glass series. So she used all the Throne of Glass, or five of the Throne of Glass books um, and put the color palette in there. And we tried to dress in those color palettes for each day of the book. Now, last week we got to pick what day we were wearing what book. And so then you go in and to the Facebook page and you post your picture and the cover of the book so that people can see your, your outfit for the day. Well, and that explains your Facebook post. Cause I've been like, huh, why is she dressed yeah. like a book cover? <laughs> Not so, that she didn't look super cute, but I was like, huh, I wonder what that's This about. week, this week she let five of the charter members of the, of the group choose a book for each day. So the first day was Eloise. And then um, today is Drum Dream Girl. It's the first day that I wore every color from the palette, just saying. Ooh. And then tomorrow is um, a mall Unbound. I don't know how I'm going to incorporate oh, yellow, yeah. pink, burgundy, purple, and light blue, but I'm going to try. I'm looking forward and, to seeing that picture. I, I know. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to trying to get it out of my closet tonight. <laughs> Um, Thursday is Olivia. So that one's going to be really easy. It's burgundies, yeah. reds, grays, white, and, um, black. Um, and then Friday, I'm going to have fun with this one because it has two of my favorite colors in it. Um, it's pocket full of colors and it's purple and white and navy and, um, uh, beige and, um, green. Although the book cover is also there and it has, you know, some teals and some other colors in it that, that I might try to use, but, um, but yeah, I'm having a blast with this. Now I am normally the person who picks out my colors or picks out my clothes the morning before I mean, the morning I get dressed and it's okay. What's comfortable and, um, what does not need to be ironed? <laughs> what's clean is big on my list too. Uh, that's it too. What's <laughs> clean, comfortable and doesn't need to be ironed. Well, let me tell you, I've been having a blast with this. I've been picking out my clothes for all week long. Um, so like on the weekend, I will normally pick out for the whole week or at least a couple of days. Last week, I did change my mind a couple of times the morning of and say, you know, I think this blue will look better and stuff like that. But I have been having so much fun with this. So I highly recommend if you were on Facebook, go to the Librarians Fashionarians page and join it because it is fun. Well, it's going to be on my to-do list. That sounds amazing. Well, I yeah, I, I know one thing I want to do. I want to go shopping with Wendy. Oh, uh, Wendy has the best fashion. I'm just going to go and tell you. She is. <laughs> she's always looks good. She said in a blog post that I said, you always look good. She's like, yeah, no, not till this. Till this it was, does it need to be ironed and is it clean? <laughs> so, yeah, um, she and I had the same dressing code prior to this. But we're both having a lot of fun with this. Um, so, so yeah. And I'm enjoying going in and seeing how other librarians are doing the color schemes. What are they doing? So this is really cool. I have never been a, a fashion person. I've always, you know, 
Is it comfortable? Is it clean? Um, does it need to be ironed? Because Anita does not iron. So, um, so yeah, but this has been a lot of fun. That is so funny. I iron my clothes every morning. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. That's oh, so yeah. much. I could wow. never, I would never want to be, um, in wrinkled clothes. I couldn't do it. I would, no. Oh, I don't. Re- <laughs> oh, I don't. I, don't. Wear- I just don't wear things that require that much yeah. effort. I, but I that doesn't speak very strongly to my wardrobe choices either. So, and there's this thing, it's called wrinkle release. That's a spray. Yes. I've been known to spray that on the night before and just let it all fall out. Yep. And it works. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Lori's it doubting. Huh, it doesn't, I don't look, think it doesn't so. look pressed, but it doesn't have wrinkles. See, I like the pressed look. I'm sorry. I do. I, okay, I, well, you can go on and press your clothes. I may bring some of mine that is. Has right? Like, if you're feeling the need to iron, it. I can help you out with that. And right now, I'm yeah, all I about do. being warm because let me tell you, I moved to Georgia to be warm and it's not warm right now in the morning. And I do have a steamer. I do steam mm-hmm. occasionally, but it, it, not the morning of. I don't get up in time for so that. Who's picking the, so who picks the book covers? So the first week, the, the person who started um, the uh, group picked all the book covers. That's why they were from the Throne of Glass series. She did the whole, uh, the five books from the Throne of Glass series. And then um, the second week, she let the uh, five of the charter members of the group choose the books for this week. Okay. So we don't know who's going to get to do it next week. I'm kind of hoping that I get to do it soon. Okay. Well, can you pick covers with blacks and grays and white? (laughs) That would make it a lot easier to participate. I'm just saying. (laughs) That is that actually two of them this week have had blacks and grays and reds and whites in them. So we had Eloise earlier in the week that had pinks and reds and blacks. And then we have Olivia coming up. So, well, I wore pink and black yesterday. So So I have bright red on today, which never happens. I'm the grayest person ever. Gray, black, cream, but bright red, man. Big, huge, bright red sweater. Who knew? Hey, and I'm, I'm just going to go on and tell you that my, um, my Olivia, I might pull out some red pants. I just bought some red pants. Ooh, how cute so I is might that? pull out, and I don't wear red pants very often, but Thread Up had some red pants, and I was like, hmm, Thread Up is awesome. It's been going quite thread often. Thread Up is yeah. amazing. Yeah, gotta love Thread Up. So, all right. Well, we hope that you start working on your elevator speech if you don't have one or you polish it up if you've had one in the past. and that you have the opportunity when people come through your space, instead of staying behind the circulation desk, that you go out and you shake their hand and you meet them and you, you brag about yourself. That is hard for librarians to do, but sometimes you've got to tell them what's going on and brag about yourself a little bit and not just yourself, but your space and what your space is doing, changing the lives of of our students and helping with our teachers. So get your elevator speeches ready. You never know when somebody's going to walk in the door. And I don't really feel like it's bragging. I feel like it is showcasing our specialty, right? So That's right. Um, so don't be afraid to do that. I mean, uh, I tell my kids all the time in the library, uh, I went to, I've, I've been in college for six years now, so that makes me an expert. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I always and think honestly, it's easier to, if you, if you focus on, on the space and how it's impacting students, it always makes me less uncomfortable when I can start to talk about my kids instead of what I perceive to be me. You know what I mean? Like my program kind of takes on its own definition, but when I can control that conversation and talk more about how it's impacting students and what students are achieving or getting out of the programming that we're doing within the space, it just becomes easier to talk about. And honestly, you are the only person that can tell the story of your space. Exactly. So if you're not willing to do it, no one's going to do it as well as you can. So it it was hard for me at first to to do an elevator speech. When I first heard about elevator speeches, I was like, yeah, no, not me. And I had to grow into this. So, and and you just got to bite the bullet and, and get ready. Yep. Well, and just remember why you're doing what you're doing, like Ingrid was talking about, when you're when you're designing lessons and when you're designing uh, library activities and everything, uh, they're 
you know, look, focus on the connection to the kids, like Ingrid was saying, and uh, be able to uh, show the passion in that part of it and stuff. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm just all about being the, showing the enthusiasm for what we do and stuff and how much um, we, you know, love what we do every day. That's Best right. job in the building. Best job. All right, ladies. I'll see y'all later on. Okay. Bye, y'all. Have a good night. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Bye now. Bye. Just a reminder that everything we say is our own opinions and not the opinions of our school or our district.